Perry. What's the difference between a gibbering mouther and a dungeon master? What? One is a horrible, slimy, monstrous creature, and the other one is a creature from the monster manual. It's time for Gefilte Duel! In the middle of a burgeoning coup in the city of Lockham, he smuggled out the boy king and his mother from the city into uh, a whole heap of other things that he was not entirely aware of going on in the world. Met back up with Zed Stonebloom and Eleanor Ashthorn, had a whole mutual trauma dump going on there, and then... Went back across the lake and is about to fight one of his new friends, who is a were mushroom now. <laughs> and last time we checked in with Ferrara Valsine, uh, she had also experienced some pretty recent uh, revelations and trauma, up to and including being unwillingly inducted into some kind of secret conspiracy society. <sighs> That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Revelations and trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have a brand, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Alright, so let's pick back up with Fee and what's going on with her. The next eight days go pretty much the way you would expect them to. It's a lot of sitting in the back of your carriage with your father and Fen and Kalesa. You guys are making your way back towards Valental at a pretty brisk pace. You know, you travel most of the day, post up with minor noble families at night where you can. And on the morning of the eighth day, you see the spires of the city start to come up over a hill as you crest it. You are back home. You ride through the city. There's not a lot of fanfare. It wouldn't have gone very well to publicize that the Grand Duchess had gone missing. So it's a normal day in Bellatol as you ride up toward the palace. And as you pull into this roundabout that's in front of the front doors of the palace, you see a livid with rage... Ambassador Eamon Petrus standing on the front steps, and next to you, Kalesa whispers, Oh, shit. Big grimaces. Okay, we're doing this. And Kalesa, completely ignoring the royal protocol that says that you and your father should be the first ones out of the carriage, just bails out. Hi, Daddy. And he goes, Don't! And puts up one finger. <laughs> and Kalesa goes, Listen, I can explain. He says, Castle. Now. And points behind him, and Kalesa just kind of puts her head down and goes... And then, as you and your father and Fen bail out of the carriage behind her, the ambassador looks over at you, and you notice, Fee, that the kind of livid pallor of his face has not changed. He still looks really stressed about something. And he does a short, clipped bow to both you and your father and says, Your Majesty, Your Highness, I would advise that we retire to the Archduke's office to talk about a few things that have happened while you've been gone. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, sure. Moreland Valsheim has never looked more tired in his life. He just pinches the bridge of his nose and goes, can't get out of the carriage for five seconds. All right. And walks inside the palace. You guys uh, move up through the big central tower up to where your father's office is and you all pack in. 
I think Fen doesn't come with you. I think he kind of peels off and goes back to where he and his dad live, probably to catch his dad up on things. So you all come in and you sit down. And the ambassador sits you all down. Your father takes a seat behind his desk. And he says, All right, everybody. So it turns out that so much can happen in 16 days. Who would have known, right? That doesn't bode well. Your father pinches the bridge of his nose again and goes, Do be frank, Eamon, I do hate it when you beat around the bush. She, like, snorts under her breath (laughs) very, very quietly. And the ambassador says, Well, all right, I don't really know where to start. Uh, Your Majesty, I believe we discussed the High Court situation right before you left. So that is in full swing. The young Lord Chakrana has already been inducted and is doing an admirable job at his post, so far as I've heard. Um, there's something going on in the Zephyr Isles. We're not really sure what. I'm still waiting on the intelligence to come in. Fee, go ahead and roll me an advantage history check. 21. Okay. Fee, you grew up in the South. You know quite a bit about the Zephyr Isles. The Zephyr Isles are a group of islands to the south of Australia and also the larger continent where, like, Tordoon and Dowrier and Farfoldor are. They are a seafaring people. They have a large fishing industry. You don't know much about them politically just because the relationship with Australia is so fraught. Piracy is a huge problem. There are Australian trading vessels that get sniped by Stormfolk pirates all the time. You've actually never seen a Stormfolk in your life. They're kind of a boogeyman, or at least they are to you. Yeah. You know, don't go too far from the shore, the pirates will get you, things yeah. like that. Yeah, so the ambassador uh, steeples his fingers and says, The pirates are expanding their travels a little more northward than we're used to, and we're not sure if that has anything to do with the other political situation, which is that Laryl is on the move. I would assume he's sitting down. Yeah. He buries her hands in her skirts and clenches her fists so tight. You see your father's lips press into a very thin line as well, and he says, And what is he up to, Eamon? Where is he moving? And the ambassador kind of coughs into his hand. Intelligence, your majesty, uh, leads us to believe that he is courting the princess of Estermouth, possibly for a political alliance. The Tordunian military might is substantial, and Estermouth is one of the premier cities on the Council of the Sovereigns. If that marriage happens, it could go very well for him. He clears her throat and says, What do we know about uh, her? Next to nothing. Her father controls considerable military might, and she herself is supposedly a capable warrior, but all of this is coming second, third hand through recycled intelligence. Well, I'm willing to bet she won't find Leo tolerable without a title to his name, so... That seems to be the extent of everything that I've been able to find out, but I thought that you should just be aware that things are moving and shaking. We're just not sure why yet. And your father, again, face just a mask of disapproval and lips pressed into a very thin line, goes, Then what is your job, Eamon? Find out. And the ambassador fucking leaves the room. Fee, roll an arcana check. Okay. That is a 16. 
when your father says, find out, you see the air in front of his lips shimmer with a very subtle enchantment magic. And he turns over to Yuffie and just waits until the door shuts behind the ambassador as he leaves. And then as soon as the door shuts, your father just puts his head in his hands. Seems we have our work cut out for us, don't we, darling? It, it certainly seems that way. I'm not too worried. It was hard enough for Leo to get one political marriage. Yes, and he had to fight me all the way to the bank on that one, so I can't wait to see what he does to that poor girl's father. <laughs> You and your father share this conspiratorial little smile, and he eventually sits up and straightens out his clothes and smooths his hair down a little bit and goes, Well, at any rate, I won't put you on this Zephyr Isles nonsense. I'm sure it will be easily cleared up enough for me to handle on my own, and Leiril is going to do what Leiril is going to do, as always. As always. I ask that you just not disappear. We can consider that your Grand Duchess duties for the foreseeable future. Please just don't disappear halfway across the country again. I will do that to the best of my ability. <laughs> Excellent. You have my leave to go, and he waves you off. Where does Fee go? What does Fee want to do? He's going to go to her room. Yeah, you go to your room. I think you just relax in there yeah. for a bit. Does Fee have any hobbies? Fee probably doesn't have a whole lot that she does. I think she does a lot of things that she can just kind of handle by herself. She writes poetry. I think she plays an instrument, probably flute. She reads a lot. Probably, like, trashy romance novels. <laughs> I think she's a trained duelist. Like, I think she was trained in that when she was younger. And I think she rides horses. So, yeah, you spend a lot of the day to yourself, probably just relaxing, trying to unwind from the ordeal of the last two weeks. The sun starts going down. It's early evening. And you hear a frantic knock on your door. I pick up, I think, a knife from my bedside table, and then I go to open the door. <laughs> a half-dressed Kalesa Petrus is in the hallway. Uh, okay. Fee so takes a second to process that, and then says, Get in here. Kalesa comes in, she looks like she has gotten herself into a bit of a clothing bind. She has on that really nice dark leather rogues armor that she had on when she came to pick you up in Embertide, but it's like half undone, and like one sleeve is still down around her arm, and she has this huge garment bag slung over her back. And she goes, hey, so I need your help. That much is obvious. Come in. <laughs> okay, you usher her inside, and she yeah. throws the garment bag <laughs> on the bed, and digs something out of it, and turns back around to you. She has a corset in her hand, and she says, I need you to help me figure out how to get this on over, and she points to her armor, this. Without me dying, I definitely couldn't do it by myself, and for personal reasons, I can't ask my mom for help. Why do you need to wear a corset and armor? It's not... <laughs> uh, okay, so the thing is that... um. The Shikranas are throwing some big shindig for Soren's appointment to the High Court tonight, and I intend to go and find out what the fuck is going on with all this shit. And I'm not stupid enough to go in there unarmored, but also I can't go to a party in armor. Hence, corset armor. Well, that'll just be uncomfortable. Wear the dress over the armor. Oh shit, I didn't think of that. Yeah, she opens up this garment bag and pulls out this beautiful 
ball gown of deep blue. It has a sheer cape along the back that mm-hmm. is embroidered with silver beads that look like stars and moons and celestial bodies. It's absolutely gorgeous. She starts <laughs> jumping into this dress and pulling it up over her armor. He goes, okay, can you lace me up? Also, you're coming with me. Uh, that's news to me. No, yeah, I figured you're coming with me. Why would I... <laughs> you said you wanted to push Soren off a tower. If it turns out that he actually is doing all of this shit that he's supposedly doing, this would be a great chance. It would also be a great chance for me to get him by the throat and ask him what the fuck he thinks he's doing. She opens her mouth, raises a hand, closes it, puts the head down. And... Helps Kalesa into her dress. Okay, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. help lace Kalesa into this dress. Yeah. Uh, she's already got her hair and makeup done. She looks really pretty. And she goes, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to need you to pick out something low-key, because if you pull up, I think everything is going to get a little intense. It's a masquerade, so we can go in really low-key. Kalesa's already going through your closet, just throwing shit That's out. not... Across your bed. <laughs> that costs so much money, please don't throw it on the floor. It's a mess. Yeah, just uh, clothes everywhere. She puts her head in her hands. Ooh, I like this one. You're a lot taller than Kalesa, so Kalesa actually has to hold the dress up over her head so yes. it's not, like, dragging <laughs> the floor and she's not stepping on it. But it's a beautiful, long-sleeved, high-collared, black ball gown, full skirt, beaded, black-on-black, black, with lots of intricate patterns. Ooh, when did you get this? Uh, it was a birthday present. Awesome, put it on. <laughs> Right. She throws it at you. <laughs> she is going to need to wear a corset and is going to need Kalesa to help uh, lace her up. Okay, yeah, she yeah. does that, and while you're putting the dress on, she's already braiding your hair and comparing makeup palettes. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, you are not qualified to put my makeup on. Fucking rude. I even brought you a present. Let's see if you get it now. He grins at her, and then uh, shimmies into her dress. She just sits there and pounds at you while you finish getting ready. <laughs> And then before you guys go to leave, she goes, Okay, you know, I know I said I wasn't going to give you your present because you were rude. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, this could be useful. And also, ah, shit, I was saving it for your birthday. <laughs> she reaches into her armor and she pulls out this little, it's like a little filigree, very narrow jewelry box. And she chucks it on your vanity in front of you. Uh, I open it. Inside is a gorgeous necklace, very delicate gold chain, and from the chain are hanging these beautiful teardrops of rubies. They are deep blood red and hanging in even strings down from this necklace, and she goes, so the cool thing about this is in Vogue Voldor, they figured out how to combine magic and engineering. There's these people called artificers, and they do amazing stuff, so each one of these little gems if you pick it off and you throw it, it turns into a fireball spell. How rad is that? <laughs> I feel like inspecting this necklace looks directly at her and says, it does not. I mean, you could pick one off and throw it, but it's gone forever if you do. But I watched the guy make it, and I know a little bit of something about magically setting things on fire. It's the real deal. <laughs> the stars put it on and then goes, oh, this doesn't go with anything about me. I think it looks really nice. And Kalesa goes behind you and helps you like actually get the oh hook done on the necklace. Leans over your shoulder and kind of stares at you in the mirror and goes, You look regal. I dig it. That is the goal, generally. Okay, cool, let's go. And she claps. You don't know how Kalesa knows where the secret passages in the palace are, but she totally does. 
you guys sneak through servants' quarters out the back. She hails you guys a carriage down at the bottom of the hill where the castle is, and you start trundling off towards the Shakrana Manor, which is across Valentall from the palace. It's near the Order of Iluna Tower. Old, really beautiful, well-kept-up estate, sprawling gardens, old stone construction. In the back of the carriage, as you arrive, Kalesa reaches into her skirts and pulls out a beautiful silver mask with stars and moons and things attached to it that matches her dress and straps it onto her face. And she digs into her skirts again and pulls out a really nice, so it's black and red, it kind of goes with the necklace and your black dress, dragon mask. And she goes, I thought it would maybe go with the horns in case you have to explain to people. Uh, uh, she looks intensely uncomfortable for a second and I guess, uh, yes, of course. You guys roll up to the front of this party, you bail out of your carriage, you've got your masks on, and there's a guard at the door vetting people as they come in, like, checking their names off the list. Okay. Kalesa confidently walks right up to this guy and hands him an invitation. Okay. Turns around and goes, come on, plus one! Fee, uh, with the dragon mask on, just kind of, like, nods to this guard and just hurries after Kalesa. The inside of this party is rocking. You walk into a big foyer that has been cleared out for this party. There's a dance floor, there's already people dancing, there's a band playing, lots of food, servants walking around with platters of drinks and hors d'oeuvres and stuff. I would like you to roll me an advantaged investigation check to see how many of these scenes you are going to unlock. Uh, 18 plus 2, dirty 20. These encounters all happen to you in quick succession. You are moving through this party, and the first thing you notice as you move through are Soren's parents, Lord Alred and Lady Talia Shakrana. Alred is a little kind of weedy guy. He's wearing an elephant mask. He's pretty nerdy looking. Looks like an accountant. Talia Shakrana is a willowy and very tall lady. Long black hair, very bright green eyes. You can see that her wolf mask that she has on is also accommodating room for her very thick glasses. <laughs> They're just kind of holding court. You see them, they don't approach you or anything. But behind you, you hear a very soft, almost disbelieving voice go. See? She doesn't turn around, her posture stiffens, and she like half turns so she can see whoever's talking to her out of the corner of her eye. You see a shorter in stature, but still willowy and lanky and long, young girl in a poofy ball gown. It's mottled orange and black in the skirt, and she has on a beautiful monarch butterfly mask, and she has long black hair, and also her mask is accommodating for thick glasses that are magnifying bright green eyes. This is Lorelai Shakrana. This is Soren Shakrana's younger sister. She is the elven equivalent of about, like, 13, 14. And you know her pretty well, because there was a period of time there, about uh, five years ago, where your dad tried to make a marriage deal happen once Lorelai was of age to make up for the whole situation with Leo leaving and his and Soren's engagement being broken off. Lorelai never knew this. You guys had several times where you, like, hung out and got to know each other, but in her mind it was just, oh, I have this cool new friend. 
Yeah, Fee takes a very deep breath and then turns around fully and, like, kneels down to get on Lorelai's level and then says, Hi, Lorelai, it's great to see you. You look really pretty, she says. She has a big smile. She carries her body very close to herself. You know, she keeps her arms kind of tucked in and you see that she's kind of standing a little uncertainly on the balls of her feet in her, like, fancy dress shoes. She looks a little out of her element. You look really pretty, Eddie, too. I am here as a surprise for your brother. So I need you to be really quiet. We're going to be sneaky. Okay? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, why are you here to surprise Sora? He hates you. Well, it was Kalesa's idea, and you know how Kalesa gets. Oh, Kalesa's here, and she waves. She goes, hi, Kalesa! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> and Kalesa sucks in a breath, and she goes... <laughs> Hi, Lorelai. Hi, babe. How are you? You look so pretty. Um, can we just go talk, like, outside? Can we- yeah, and she gets Lorelai by the wrist and yanks her outside. The Shakrata Manor surrounds a beautiful garden courtyard, and it is also decked out for the party. There's, like, fairy lights in the trees, and yeah, Lorelai just kind of happily follows you guys along out. She goes, Oh, it's so much nicer out here. Oh my gosh, it's quiet. And she sits down on a bench and kind of takes a breather. Fee also sits down on the bench and goes, Yeah, it was a lot in there. But, uh, yes, this was Kalesa's idea. <laughs> and is just like beneath the mask and grinning really big. She thought it would be better if Soren didn't know we were here until we're ready to surprise him. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad that you're here. At least I have somebody to talk to. And then... Oh, God. There is a loud bang and a flash of light. They have started letting off fireworks. Lorelai claps her hands over her ears and curls forward in her seat. And I have to roll something really quick. Oh, God. Yeah, she shudders and curls in on herself as this loud noise startles her, and then you see reality around her start to warp. Tendrils of just pure chaotic magic stretching up off of her body, and she is momentarily, like, displaced in reality for a second. And then she disappears off the bench next to you and pops back up behind a tree 20 feet away, huddled on the ground. Okay, uh, Fee goes over there, obviously. She's not having a good time. These chaotic tendrils of magic are still wafting up yeah. off of her body. You know, again, because you've hung out with her quite a lot, and you're familiar with the family, like, Leo was going to marry into this family, so you know quite a lot about them. Laura Lechakrana is a sorcerer. She is not the same kind of sorcerer you are. She was born with apocalyptically powerful magic, and she has zero control over it. Her and Soren's mother, Talia, was actually one of the most prominent professors at the Order of Iluna and took early retirement to stay at home with Lorelai. Lorelai barely ever leaves the house because things like this happen. Like, she'll get startled or she'll get upset and just apocalyptically powerful magical stuff happens around her when this happens, and there's no mitigating it. She has no control over it. She's an extremely powerful wild magic sorcerer. V 
Misty just kind of like gets down on the ground to get on her level, and then very quietly just kind of says, Oh, is it okay if I touch your hands? She nods. Okay. She puts her own hands over Lorelai's hands where they're over her ears. Okay. Deep breath. Yeah, she breathes with you. And as she calms down, you see the magic rippling off of her skin tames down, and it looks like it almost sinks back under her skin and reintegrates with her, and she chills out. Okay, can, yeah, I, 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 I want to go back inside. Yeah, that was loud. Let's go back inside. I want my mom, she says, and she wanders off from you guys. You see her go grab her mother by the hand and squeeze her mom's hand really hard. And then, oh God. like I said, all of this happens in very quick succession. Off to the side of you, you hear a telltale jingle. Oh, God. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Sounds like somebody's got bells on their feet walking around. She, like, goes up to pinch the bridge of her nose and then realizes she has the mask on and just kind of baps it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and under her breath said, Fucking thanks. Kalesa, who has no idea what's going on, looks over and goes, What? I heard someone that I know. <laughs> it's not hard to spot Sabine. She doesn't do subtlety. She has on a very tightly fitted, like mermaid style, bright red dress with beautiful appliques on sheer fabric, kind of over the dress, like flowers and stuff. Kind of dangling, fluttery sleeves, and of course she has her bells on her wrists and her ankles. Her hair is down. You've never seen her hair down before. It's very pretty, thick, wavy, slate gray hair. And she has on a red and gold fox mask. You know the Umbrella Academy meme where Five and Vanya drive past each other on the road? God, yeah. Yeah, 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 (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those moments. She sees you, and you see her, and you immediately know who each other is, and she just odds and keeps walking jingle 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 i'm gonna try to as subtly as possible follow her okay kalesa is going with you yeah obviously okay you guys follow her she seems to be kind of sticking to the perimeter of the dance floor but she is also making social runs you see her stopping and talking to quite a few people go ahead and do another investigation check for me just flat this time okay That's a nat 20. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. You start to see in the way that Sabine is moving around this room. She's moving around this room, and some people she's just talking to casually, like making small talk, but every so often she'll walk up to a person and very subtly out of her sleeve pull out a little coin and flash it to a person, and that person will flash one back, and then they will have a much more intense-looking conversation. Do I immediately recognize any of the people that she does this with? So everybody has masks on. It is a little hard yeah. to tell specifics. There are people that are dressed like Australian nobles here that you see her doing this to, like a couple people. You see some people from the Order of Iluna that are there in their formal robes. You see, with that Nat 20 investigation check, I think you overhear them talking. Okay. She does this thing where she walks up to a person that is in very stately, like, formal black robes, kind of skinny, and in a skull mask. And she leans forward, flashes this coin at this person, this person flashes a coin back and goes, 
of all the gin joints in the world, Sabine. It's the motherfucking Hierophant. Okay. And Sabine tucks her coin back away. She goes, you gonna try to kill me again, Sid? He goes, that depends on why you're here tonight, doesn't it? And she says, I taught you how to swing a knife, you little shit. She's hanging back and watching this. They exchange verbal barbs for like five minutes, and it seems like they're having a very tense conversation. And then Sabine turns around and sees you watching, and her eyes go a little wide. She just stands there with her arms crossed over her chest. Her eyes are not visible behind the mask, but she is raising one eyebrow challengingly. While you're standing there doing that, Kalesa leans over to you with this, like, big smirk and goes, Who is that? Don't. Oh, man, do you already have dibs? Come on. Uh, it's very complicated. Can't fucking have anything in Australia. Kalesa salt. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will set you up with a nice girl, just not this one. Okay, and then Yasubi yeah, yeah. turns around and wanders over to you two, and... Gives Kalesa the once over and kind of smiles and nods at her and then looks back over at Yuffie and goes, You know, for somebody that doesn't indulge conspiracies, Grand Duchess, you ending up at our annual shindig is a little on the nose. Not by my intention. Uh, although it is good to know that this is about that. I did figure that uh, you know who was your friend with the promotion, but nice to have a confirmation. Well, nominally, this is a big party for Soren. We find ways to make these little get-togethers happen. It's never very fun. There will probably be two or three people dead by the end of the night. But, you know, what's a good party without some bloodshed? You know, it does make me a bit suspicious meeting up with you in Ember Tide, knowing that you are connected to Soren Shikana, but... I mean, if you want the truth, I didn't know that you were going to be there. Like I said, I went down there to find out some truths, and got knocked in the back of the head and got kidnapped. If you didn't know I was going to be there, then someone else most certainly knew that you were going to be there, which makes me distrustful of the whole situation. Well, the whole situation isn't something you want to trust. Uh, it's... Oh, your letter implied that, certainly. It's complex, and if you would like to go somewhere that is not the middle of a dance floor, I can explain it to you in a little more detail. You just didn't seem to want details last time we spoke. I don't want details about your conspiracy theories, but I would love details about why uh, certain players have been making the moves that they have. Right this way. And she ushers you guys into a back hallway. She goes, can, uh, um, Grand Duchess, can we talk to your little friend about this? Kalesa, all five, two of her, goes, Little what? She puts a hand over her mouth. (laughs) Kalesa has a big mouth, but she's as trustworthy as anyone is. Fair enough. So, um, this, this thing, this complicated group of people that I've been telling you about, it's something called the Beacon. And, like I said, it's a coalition of people that are devoted to truth in all aspects of the word. For a long time, it was much more organized. Everybody got along. Everybody had the same things in mind. Uh, About 
25 years ago, there was a schism. An ideological divide, if you will, between members of the Beacon thought that our duty was to be bearers of truth and people that thought it was our duty to be keepers of truth. Everybody wants to find out the truth, what we do with it has become a point of contention. And that conflict dissolved into infighting and sabotage, all while everybody was still working to find out all the truths that have been obscured from us. And that's where we are now. Many of us are dead. Others have fled the country. I had to go live in the Zephyr Isles for about ten years. Took a stormfolk for a lover. Pirate captain. Very handsome. Did maroon me on an island. She kind of snaps back out of her reverie. <laughs> and looks back over at you and goes... At the moment, there's no end in sight. The Beacon has no central leadership, no authority. It's all just supposed to be people with a common goal working towards it, but now it's people with a common goal that are all trying to kill each other. Sounds like my childhood. Not very interesting. Uh, it gets a little more interesting when you figure that part of this, yes, you're right, is connected to Soren. Is it connected to the ringmaster that tried to kill me a few weeks ago. I don't know. I didn't make the call on that. I mean, we definitely have circus performers in the ranks, but we've got everybody. Nobles, cobblers, bards, she waves at herself. The beacon takes all types of people, but... Alright. Like I said, the lack of any kind of central organization. It makes it hard to know when and why operatives are moving. Okay, then let me tell you what I know. An attempt was made on my life, Kalesa's life, and the life of another dear friend of mine by a circus troop that had some sort of magic to awaken a tree. And when I returned to the palace, Soren Shakrana seemed surprised to see me. And then a few weeks after that, I was supposed to be sent on a relatively routine trip up north, and Soren Shakana tried to kill me again. And this is all seemingly, by way of him, connected to my brother doing whatever the hell he thinks he's doing over on the mainland. So forgive me if I'm a bit untrusting of anything connected to that motherfucker. <laughs> and forgive me if I am more than untrusting of his friends. Soren did not get into this for noble reasons. I... That much, I guessed. But, you know, if he wants to follow his dick around, then that's not my business. Look, if you were going to make a move, I would not recommend making it here. Because things may be getting a little rowdy. Shortly, like I said, a beacon party without three deaths is a dull affair. The same could be said about a lot of things in my life. I have learned to roll with the punches and make sure that the deaths are, as humor wills it, very intentional. Sabine takes her mask off, and she looks at you and gives you a little bit of an eyebrow wiggle. Intentional deaths are something we do specialize in here. 
Anyway, if you'll excuse me, I have to go make sure His Holiness the Hierophant isn't poisoning the punch bowl again. Little bastard. And she puts her mask back on. God, I hate that child. Oh, just the most punchable little shit, right? Box his ears. And she puts her mask <laughs> back on and wanders back off into the party. Kalesa turns back around to Yuffie and goes, What the fuck was that? A lot happened while Fen and I were down south. Did you two? No. No. Did, did you want to? I don't see how that's any of your business. <laughs> Kalesa just nods and grins at you and walks <laughs> off back towards the party. You walk back into the party as you are moving your way across the room. You do see the Hierophant pulls something out of his robes and holds it over the punch bowl, and Sabine comes over and slaps his hand like a kid going into the cookie jar, and he sulks away. <laughs> <laughs> you watch this go down, and you go to turn around to say something to Kalesa, and a vice grip settles around your wrist and behind you in your ear you hear Ferrora Augustina Ianthi Valsine she goes extremely stiff and says lovely to see you Elasha no it's not what the hell are you doing here you turn around Elasha is standing there beautiful long black dress the skirt of her dress is shot through with inky dark feathers and she has on an intricate raven mask she looks Pissed. I feel like it shrinks a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. Could we talk about this in private? Certainly. And she walks back off to the gardens where you were with Lorelai a little bit ago. Uh, she takes a deep breath and then pulls the beacon coin out of her pocket. Do we need to talk about this? Or is there something else going on I should know about? Elasha's eyes narrow. Like she's trying to get a bead on the situation. Truth dies in darkness. She puts the coin back in her pocket and says, Revelation lives in light, son of a bitch. Alasha digs into the front of her dress and also pulls out a coin and flashes it at you and tucks it back away. And goes, I really wanted to wait until you were older to expose you to all this bullshit, but that's never how it goes, is it? You've already missed me becoming an adult, so... If I had my way, you would have never gotten pulled into it. It's messy business, and nobody wins. Yeah, and that's all of my goddamn life, Alasha. I would hope that there was someone close to me that wasn't lying to me, but... There are people here that are on your side. You just need to learn who they are. The Shakranas are not... Emphatically, I think you're smart enough to figure that one out. You're a bright girl. Yes, that I knew already. You've stepped in it. You've stepped in it this time, young lady. You really have. Oh, I don't want to hear that from you. You need to go home where you are safe before shit gets really bad here tonight. I'm not safe anywhere because Sword Shakrana just got a promotion, so he has clearance in most aspects of my life now, which he has made multiple attempts on. I am handling it. Clearly not. You're an adult, you're gonna do what you wanna do. If you get killed, I will reach into the afterlife personally and yank you out of Kimberly's hands myself just to kill you again. And she stomps off. 
encouragement. You have not seen Soren this entire night. Both of his parents and his sister are still floating around the ballroom when you get back in. He's nowhere to be found. I'm going to keep an eye on Sabine, Alasha, the Hierophant, and Lorelei. Sabine is still making her rounds. You see, she's keeping a really close eye on the Hierophant. She seems to be kind of tailing him and shadowing him and figuring out what the hell he's up to. Soren's parents are playing the gracious hosts. You don't actually see either of his parents pull out beacon coins the entire time that you're standing this party. You never see anybody pull out one at them, and you never see them pull out one at anybody else. Lorelai, as the party goes on, it gets a little more rowdy and starts looking really overwhelmed. And you see her go over and tug on her mother's skirts for a second and mumble something, and her mother nods and leans down and kisses her on top of the head, and she leaves. She goes out a door. Kalesa kind of raises a hand slowly and goes, Um, I mean, if we're looking for Soren, I could maybe go ask his mom. She might know where he is. Yeah, I think that would be best. Okay, I'll be right back. She shuffles off. You see her talking to Lady Chakrana. And then Kalesa comes shuffling back over and nods out the side door. And she goes, Um, Lady Chakrana said that he might have taken Lorelai up to her room. I'm going to turn to Kalesa, and I'm going to say, can you do me a huge favor? Yeah, sure. I'm going to try and subtly point out Alasha, Sabine, and the Hierophant okay. in the crowd, and say, can you watch them while I figure out where Soren is? I mean, Fia, this is all sounding kind of dangerous. Are you sure you don't want backup? I can handle myself. Okay. Yeah, okay. Kalesa snags a champagne flute off of a tray and just kind of posts up on the wall. I'm going to head towards Lorelai's room. There's a big staircase that goes up into the upstairs of the house in this big foyer where the party is being held. And you walk upstairs and there's a long hallway. You know where the master bedroom is. That door is shut. Yeah. Soren's bedroom door is shut. You get to Lorelai's bedroom door and it is just plastered with pieces of parchment and drawings, and there's, like, a big sign that says, Lorelai's room, please knock, important work in progress. Like, pasted. I love her so much. To the door. Yeah. Um, her door is also closed. Okay. Do I hear anything from behind her door? Roll a perception check. Okay. So, 12. 12? You hear shuffling and moving around, like, things moving around on a desk. There's somebody in there doing something. Okay. I'm going to go to Soren's door and try to listen. Okay, roll a perception check for that as well. Natural fucking 20. So you don't hear anything from in the room, but you feel a draft. It's a kind of cool evening. It doesn't feel like somebody's left a window open, though. You feel a significant presence of moving air and openness behind this door. It doesn't feel like this door opens into Soren's bedroom. Again, you have been in this house a lot. You've probably seen the inside of Soren's bedroom yeah. before. It feels colder. There's more air moving around. It it feels like whatever is behind this door isn't Soren's bedroom. And you hear a creak next to you. Okay. And you see Lorelai's head peeking out into the hallway. Hey, what's up? She says. Fuck. Were you looking for Soren? Yes, I was. Oh, is this about the surprise? Is it time for the surprise? 
She has on pajamas at this point, but she still has her butterfly mask on. And she has long leather gloves on. <laughs> Looks like she's been handling something mechanical with them. Ah, uh, yes. I was going to see if I can get him uh, downstairs. Oh, well, he's already downstairs. He's in the basement. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's hanging out with some of his friends. He said that's why he couldn't come hang out with me at the party. I was really bummed about it. Oh, well, he just doesn't have his priorities in order, does he? He really doesn't. Lorelai nods very sagely at you. And she peels off her gloves. She goes, but I know the shortcut down there if you want to come with me. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, and she walks up to this door where you're standing and knocks this complicated rhythm into the wood and then says a date. It's Leo's birthday. You know that. Ugh. And the door clicks and swings open, and again, behind the door is not Soren's bedroom. It is a dimly lit, torch-lit, subterranean hallway leading okay. down to, like, a cellar door. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just have his friends go to the basement. He sent them all up here. That's weird, right? Is that, that weird? Is weird. Okay. Thank you so much for your help, Lorelai. I'm going to go get him and bring him back up to the party so Kalesa can surprise him. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go. I have a project that I'm working on. And she pulls her gloves yeah. back on. Yeah. <laughs> the really long leather gloves. And she disappears back into her room and shuts have the door. Have fun. I'm going to. Yeah. Click. The door shuts. Yeah. And yeah, you're staring down this subterranean hallway where Soren's room is supposed to be. What do you do? I go down the hallway. Okay. You go down the hallway. Do you shut the door behind you, or do you leave it open? I shut it behind me. It disappears into the stone as you shut okay. it behind you, and you are looking at a solid stone wall. There is a stairwell down on one end of this hallway, and you can hear distantly music from the party. It seems like this stairwell might go up into the kitchens, because you can hear sounds of cooking and smell food. And then at the end of this long hallway, there is a big, heavy wooden door, and there is light coming from underneath. Like lamplight. I'm gonna listen at the door. Okay. Roll a perception check. That's a 19. You hear the sounds of several people on the other side of the door in heated discussion. What are they discussing? They're discussing Leo. They are discussing methods of contact, which seems really strange. You hear a couple people say, how can we do this if we have no way to contact him? You also hear them discussing the cover-up. And you hear, now that we have evidence of the cover-up. And then you hear Soren's voice. It, it's not enough. We don't have enough yet. Me leveraging my new position will help us over time, but I don't... <sighs> I want the rightful Archduke on the throne as much as anybody does, believe me. But I think moving now isn't our best option. I'm gonna keep listening. You hear a lot about whatever this cover-up is, and there being evidence of it. Soren getting this new position was basically to get evidence of that, and to have access to other information about other lies have been told. You do hear Soren bring up, and on the matter of the Lux Galen situation, it's apparently worse than we thought. 
I just went over Sabine's report today. She said that the supply manifests going out to the island from Embertide can't possibly match up with the amount of people that have to be there. The island would have to be critically undersupplied if the population is what we've been told. I did the math, it seems like something like 20% of the reported population is actually there or otherwise have starved to death. I don't like to engage in too much unsubstantiated conjecture, but I think we can put two and two together, my friends. You hear another person say, well, you know who we could ask about that, and Soren scoffs and goes, Sid isn't going to give us anything. And then he sighs again and says, I don't know if it would be connected to our finds at the archaeological site. And somebody else says, well, do you think we should maybe bring her in on this? And Soren laughs again and goes, that's not likely. And yeah, they keep talking. They circle back to Leo. There's some conjecture of, like, Tordunian military support and what that would look like. There's some talk of certain players that need to be taken out of the game, one of whom is Kalesa's dad. And then you hear somebody say, what about the Grand Duchess? Okay. Everything goes quiet for a really long time. And Soren says, I don't think it's right if she dies. She doesn't know that she's complicit in any of this. She doesn't deserve to die for being involved in a lie that she has no way of knowing about. I have tried to get her out of the way as peacefully as possible. I am going to continue trying that. And whoever sicked the fucking circus on her is going to know my wrath when I figure out who it is. And gentlemen, I will find out. We should all get back up to the party before we're missed. Any other questions? You hear chairs starting to scoot. I brush up the stairwell under the kitchen. If you run up into the kitchen, several cooks look at you very confused. I, uh, tilt my head and I go, oh, sorry, I was looking for a bathroom. Uh, Are you trying to act drunk? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> roll performance. So I rolled a 14. Yeah, they buy it. One of the cooks, a motherly looking older lady, escorts you down the hall, shows you to a washroom. Thanks so much. Um, I go in. I take a deep breath and just kind of try to process all that. Just looking in the mirror. Yeah, you see this masked reflection of yourself just staring back, taking very deep breaths. It's really your call what to do next. I mean, you left Kalesa in the party. Laura lies upstairs. You don't know where all the people that you heard in that room are going next, other than that Soren mentioned getting back to the party. I go back out of the party. Okay. Kalesa leans back in as you come in and kind of gets you by the wrist. He goes, okay, so Fox Mask has been following Skull Mask around all night. They have had a couple conversations. It doesn't seem super warm. And Alash has been stalking your other friend and also looks pissed at her. I can't tell if Alasha is pissed off at Skull Mask or not. I wouldn't be surprised. My head hurts. 
Yes, that's... Yeah. I mean, they haven't done anything and nobody's dropped dead. Did you find Soren? Yes, I did. We should discuss this in private. Okay. Yeah, roll me a perception check as you walk out. Natural 19. Holy shit, dude. Dirty 20. You and Soren make fucking eye contact, man. Okay. Uh, let me roll insight for him to see if he knows who you are. Okay. He rolled a total of a five. You guys make eye contact, he sees you, and he sees Kalesa, and he knows who Kalesa is. He has no idea who you are. Alright. I take Kalesa somewhere private, and I tell her everything that I think is relevant for her to know that I overheard. I tell her that they're planning to take out her dad. Ugh. And I tell her that they are supporting whatever Leo's doing, and that they, they know of his movements. Kalesa looks really shaken up when you tell yeah. her the thing about her dad. No, no, we've got to go back to the palace. We've got to tell my father and your father about this immediately. We don't have any proof. Who cares about proof, Fee? Your father's the goddamn Archduke. If he says jump, the city guard says how high. I, I can't just... I can't believe Soren would do this to me. I'm going to squeeze her shoulder. I have to talk to him directly. That's too dangerous. If, if he's really involved in all of this... I have your gift, and I pull on the necklace, and I have a not inconsiderable amount of power on that. No, if he's going to answer to this, he's going to answer for it to me. I'm going with you. Okay, sure. Okay, let's go get him. You see her fists tighten, and you see a little mechanical device attached to one of her bracelets. She's definitely got knives on her. She is shaking with rage as you guys leave this area to go find Soren. She goes, all right, I, um, God, I don't want to take him upstairs. I think Lorelai's up there. Oh, God. Um, Absolutely not, no. Where can we go? Where can we go that we can talk? Kalesa knows this house really well, too. She nods and says, Gatehouse, you go wait there. Give me five minutes. I'll bring him. Okay. And I go to the gatehouse. Okay. It's abandoned. The people watching the gate are outside. It's really easy to sneak in. There's really not any monitoring happening on this building at all. It's an old uh, carriage house. You can tell that it's been around for a pretty long time, much like the rest of the manor. And you go in there and you wait and you hang out in there for about three minutes and you see Kalesa and Soren, both with their masks off, walking down the path talking. Kalesa looks for all the world like she's drunk and just babbling and pulling him along by the hand. I take note of that. I'm going to half-close a stall door and wait. They walk in, and as soon as they walk in and the door shuts behind them, Kalesa reaches up, gets Soren by the back of his jacket, flings him up against a wall with a strength that does not match the small stature of her body at all, and has a fucking knife to his throat. Okay. I'm gonna get out of the stall. As soon as I step out of the stall, I'm gonna cast True Strike on him. Okay. He looks panicked as soon as he sees you step out. Have you taken your mask off at this point? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, he's figured out what's going on here then. He looks panicked. Kalesa is just crying and cussing at him. Like, something to the tune of, 
shouldn't have been surprised that it's always Leo over everything. That's always the way it's fucking been with you. Years of friendship down the drain, just going off on him. He puts his hands up as you walk out and very slowly says, I can explain. He raises a hand, just crackling with lightning, and says, you're going to have to. You'd be well within your rights to blast me right now. You have been lied to about a lot of things, and I have proof. I need five minutes. I don't have to leave this room. I need you to listen to me for five minutes. Fee puts her hand down, cracks her knuckles, and says, uh, Kalesa, put him down, but keep a knife on him. <laughs> Are we assuming that Kalesa has lifted his sword off the ground? Like Darth fucking Vader? <laughs> Kalesa has lifted yeah. this six foot two man. I assume she could lift him a couple inches. He's not big. <laughs> no, he's lanky. Um, yeah, Kalesa keeps the knife on him. Still just, like, tears streaming down her face. Looks really upset and holds it on him, but she takes a step back and lets him go. And Soren reaches into the pocket of his robes and pulls out a wand and a small... It is minuscule. It's, like, smaller than a ring box. It's a little model of an iron-banded wooden chest. And he holds it in his hand, and he taps at it with his wand... And a full-sized footlocker that looks exactly like that chest appears on the floor in front of you guys. And he reaches down and he flings open the top. There are just files upon files upon books upon loose papers. A couple artifacts, it looks like, even ancient-looking old things and some gems and stuff. And he starts digging through all of this stuff. And he reaches in, and he pulls out a piece of paper, and he hands it to you. I take it. It is abdication papers, dated five years ago. The papers that your father gave to Leo, that he ran away over. Okay. At the bottom of these abdication papers are Leo's signature and Leo's seal. But it's not Leo's signature. I know that for very obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. I hand the paper back to him and I say, you have five minutes. I never meant for it to go this far. When I reached out to the beacon for help, I didn't know that it was going to go this off the rails. I didn't know that there were so many lies. I didn't know that there were so many things happening at the same time. I just wanted justice, and I just wanted my fiancé back, and then I got sucked in further, further, and further. We found out that what Leo always said happened to his mother probably did happen. All of the people that are going to Loxtogallan are likely dying there. We don't know why. All of the people going missing from Embertide, all of the boats that disappear in the Dragon's Maw, I don't think it's Stormfolk Pirates. I... There's something going on on that island, we know that, we know that your father is apparently complicit in it as head of church and head of state. We even have reason to believe that whatever lies are happening here, that Australia itself is built on them. 
we have connections exploring some of the old archaeological sites in the north and the south, and the evidence that those people have found is damning that Australia as we know it and Australians as we know them don't belong here. I don't know the details of it. My associate would know more, but... And then, something happens. Okay. An alarm spell goes off extremely loudly. It's not set inside the gatehouse, though. It is set out towards the edge of the property, where you guys are right now. And it starts going off. Soren looks up, looks out the window, and says, Shit. And in time, with that happening, a tiny baby barn owl swoops in through the stalls, and it lands on Soren's shoulder. It opens its mouth, and Sabine's voice comes out, and it says, The Royal Guards have the entire place surrounded. I need to know what our next step is. Shit. Fuck. Yeah, Soren turns around and, like, kicks at something. He takes the owl and speaks back to it and goes, Get everybody out, I'll do what we planned. I'm really sorry. And the owl flies away. Okay. Soren turns around and he pulls out his wand and he kicks the door shut to the gatehouse and casts an arcane lock on it. And turns back around to the two of you and goes, We don't have a lot of time. I I can't. (sighs) Fuck, 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 fuck. He turns around and casts Firebolt, and the entire chest of information what? goes up in flames. He hands you back the abdication paper, though. Couldn't have saved something useful. I can't do anything with this. They're going to make it in here no matter what, and if anybody in charge sees that information and knows that that information is known by people, this entire country is going to go to hell in a handbasket. We can't. I can't. I... <sighs> curses again and kicks at the ground. He goes, this is my father's house fee. If nobody else goes down for this, it's going to be him. And I can't let that happen to my mother and sister. So here's what's going to happen. In about three minutes, Royal Guards are going to kick that door in and you are going to have me on the ground tied up. Fine. Fine. Lessa, do you have rope? Yeah, she pulls out a length of rope. And Soren goes, ah, fuck me. You want to get your licks in, go ahead and do it now. Okay. And if he punches him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his, like, lip, and I think you get him in the nose, too. His mouth yeah. and nose are just bleeding freely. He sits down so Kalesa can, like, get him tied around the yeah. feet. And he, before she can get his hands, he reaches up around his neck and takes off the chain that he's got. And he goes, they can't find this on me. I can't stress enough. If people learn about the beacon right now, it's gonna go really bad. And he hands you the chain, and on the chain is a beacon medallion and a beautiful silver ring with a sapphire laid into it. Yeah. You would know. Yeah, you would know. It's Leo's engagement ring. Put it in my pocket. And you hear the door start to rattle, and you hear royal guards outside yelling. Soren looks back up at you, sitting tied up on the floor. He goes, There's other people who can help you find the truth. I have an associate. I can't name her here. They might be listening. It's too dangerous. 
look to the silent cities, you'll find her. And the door busts open. And there are so many royal guards outside. Okay, I have my wand out and to the door. They come in, they look a little surprised to see you there, but they get Soren and start officially putting him under arrest for sedition against the crown. They drag Soren, bloody and defeated, out of this shack, and you and Kalesa are left standing there in the aftermath, surrounded by royal guards, as the Shakrana masquerade dissolves into chaos around you. Hey everybody, Barry here with the postscript, just clearing up a couple of housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. I know that that was a lot, and we are very sorry. Also, just a couple other notes about the production of upcoming episodes. You may notice a dramatic difference in the sound quality between episode 10 and episode 11. So next week's episode, episode 10, was actually recorded after episode 11. We did episodes 9 and 11 all at the same time. And then right after that, we got some better recording equipment that improved our sound quality quite a bit. So you may notice a little bit of a backslide in quality after episode 10, and that's why. But uh, after episode 11, the audio quality is going to dramatically improve. As always, thank you all so much for listening. We are on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Duel, or on TikTok at Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. We also have a Spotify account. We have our official Compelled Duel Discord that you can join. That's linked on our social media pages. We have a Patreon. If you feel like supporting the podcast and getting some cool perks, you can head over to patreon.com slash compelled duel. We also have a website that is a compendium of great Compelled Duel resources, our maps, a fan art gallery, all kinds of cool stuff. You can find that linked on our social media pages as well. And as always, if you are liking what you're hearing and you want to help support the podcast, we ask that you tell three friends about it. And if they like it, tell them to tell three friends. Word of mouth advertising is really all we have right now, and it's done really amazing things to get us promoted to a wider audience. Additionally, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, if you could drop us a rating and a review, that helps us get promoted and reach a wider listener base as well. Next episode's going to be going up on February 5th, 2021, or if you are a member of our Patreon, it will be available on Thursday, February 4th. Once again, thank you guys all so much. See you next week.